to start writing in. True. Wouldn't that be nice? They gave us a topic. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, any, any any topic uh, any topic will do. Uh, yeah. I know. I know. My 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 parents have been talking about things that they've wanted insight on, and I've suggested writing into Masters of Divinity. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm assuming you're recording right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, my uh, my mom made it. My mom called me today. Yeah. She was listening to the episode we did with Keelan. Oh yeah. And she said, "I'm at the part where you were talking about your friend Pat and not Father Fun, but this kid, the kid that um, invited me to play Dungeons and Dragons in in, in my in my trailer park growing up." And she said. I'm I'm so sorry that the church world that we grew up in screwed you up. She's like, <laughs> but I'm also so grateful that you turned out okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, thanks, mom. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Well, that that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's like I was saying. You know, we didn't do that episode out of bitterness, or we weren't being cynical. Nope. We were just. Uh, we thought we, it's funny and amusing. And it's it's kind of interesting, uh, you know, the whole idea behind banning those things is because they thought it would have such a huge influence, and obviously it did not. And, and in a way, by banning it, it still had an influence, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and maybe even a greater influence mm-hmm. than it would have had had we been allowed to play it. Because we might have been allowed to play the Indian. Like, oh, this is boring. Okay, done. <laughs> you think maybe your your continued mystique about D and D is because it was banned. So, oh, totally, <laughs> totally. It makes it cooler because you weren't allowed to do it. Exactly. That's such a Gen X thing. Like that's it's taboo, that's buddy. It's taboo. <laughs> Welcome to Masters of Divinity. <laughs> I am your moderator, GP. I am here with my friend Father Chuck and Matt Wells. They're doing fine, I guess. Right? Yeah. You're doing okay. Doing wonderful. Wait, we 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 feel a sense of loss that you're not in the room with us physically. Oh yeah, the conclusion of our epic story is that he got away and he went he did. back to Oklahoma. He did. Um, yeah. We're failed kidnappers. We are. We're very bad at it. Bad well, at you it. know, the thing is, I, I'm, I really just did not have the time to cut up magazines to make that ransom note. I know. It's, um, it's a lot of work. A lot of glue. My kids couldn't stay in the lines, so I had to fire them from cutting it. <laughs> it just didn't work. Well, well you're probably bad at you're probably bad at cutting anyway. You should you should probably not cut. I'm great at my thumb. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. Like, yeah, everyone knows. Everyone knows that 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 whole magazine thing is like so '90s. Like these days, it's it's grainy video. Bro, we're retro or text. <laughs> hipster kidnappers. We're hipster kidnappers. <laughs> today, today it's text messages. I mean, come on, where's the heart? It's all emojis. It's all you emojis. You have to type the emojis <laughs> to figure out what the demands are. It's like a frowny face. A dollar sign, then a happy face, and and <laughs> and the poop face is just an accident. <laughs> the black um, Santa means he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> we'll edit that one out. <laughs> oh, you can make a black Santa. You can. It's true. Yeah. You can. It's true. So uh, uh, this week's episode of Masters Divinity episode. Uh, for the fifteen, uh, we're just we're we're just, we're just hanging out. We are. We're just hanging. We're we're, we're just kicking back. Uh, some cool things happening this week. Matt, should we should we tell them what's what we're doing? We're how we're 
We're taking it up a notch with the Masters of Divinity branding. Yeah, I, I mean, we should tell them. And then if it goes horribly wrong, they'll know we failed. But <laughs> we, we, you should. Go for it. Tell them what happened. Uh, so the Fan Expo Dallas is happening next weekend. For those of you who don't know, all of you don't know. Uh, the Fan Expo in Dallas is a convention that happens in Dallas every year that is exclusively for fans. Uh, it's for horror fans. It's for sci-fi fans. It's for comic book fans, animation fans, video game fans. It's a big Comic-Con kind of thing, and it comes to Dallas. It's not as big as Comic-Con, but it's big enough. Big enough to have names like Stan Lee. William Shatner. William Shatner. George Kevin, Decay. George Decay. Kevin oh, my. Kevin Smith is going to be there. Uh, John Cusack for some reason. I don't know why. We don't know why. Punisher? Who's, what's the Punisher <laughs> that, guy's name? Uh, that John, hard... What was that? John, John Bernthal? Yes, John Bernthal. I, was saying there's, I mean, there's got to be like a, a really hardcore you know, 2012 fandom out there. Foggy, who I believe I've stood up for on this podcast and will continue to do so. And I'm sure he, he very much appreciates that. He does. My support means a lot. I've been on the show. So... This uh, big convention is coming into town, and uh, we have, have been granted press access to the convention. Woo! So Matt and I will be going down to Dallas this week. Uh, I guess by the time this episode airs, we've already gone there. But uh, Matt and I will be going down to Dallas, and we will be covering the entire convention. Uh, We're much try out Facebook Live. We're going to try some video. <laughs> I'm going I'm to point out that they're doing all of this without Father Chuck. Because <laughs> Father Chuck wasn't invited to this little shindig, I found out about it after everything was said and done. Thanks, uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate that. You know, I'm glad, know, I'm glad to know that it's the Masters of Divinity and and Father Chuck. <laughs> even though this was all my idea, just going to point that out. Meanwhile, meanwhile, hey, um, Chuck, Matt Chuck. missed one episode, and he's going to be kicked <laughs> off for the next one. So, <laughs> so uh, Chuck, you want to you want to come down to Dallas? Yes. No, you know, it's all right. I, I really don't. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't. You know, hey, hey, you know what? You guys do what you do, all right? Hey, hey, hey. You do you. I, I told you what was happening. And as soon as I told you the dates, you're like, can't do it. Can't do it. I can't do it. I, I will point out, you did tell me the dates after you got the press passes. Okay, but I, I will say, when I applied for the press passes. <laughs> it was five minutes. <laughs> when I applied for the press passes, I didn't think they would say yes. Okay. Okay, let me it let me tell you exactly. Let me this tell you. like this entire podcast. Everything we're doing is an experiment. Let me, let me I didn't think we were exactly. legitimate enough. Let me we tell were. you exactly how it went down. Um, again, as everybody is familiar with at this point, JP was in my house, right? Um, and he was sitting at my dining room table um, for a lot of the time, working on internet related stuff for ventures such as this fun podcast. Um, and he's doing something for a long time. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I just filled out the press thing to for Dallas Expo. Just figured I'd fill it out, see what happened. And I was like, oh, that's cool. He's like, yeah, I put myself on. I was like, wait a minute. You're sitting in my house. He's like, put my name on the thing. And he's like, oh. So he just typed my name last second, hit send. What's funny is that I had actually already sent mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he asked me what I was doing. And so, so I sent another one with his name on it. So I crowbarred my way in, and then uh, he got an email um, that evening when we were out. And he's like, oh, my goodness. Um, and I'm like, what? He said, and he starts reading, you've been granted press access. And I would like to say 
um, that our immediate thing was, oh my gosh, call Chuck so that you could fill one out because I crowbarred my way in too. <laughs> so I'd like to say that I was, um, I was forgotten too. I just had, I was in the you room. You were just proxy. You I was just in the room. Proximity. I mean, he was in my house. You so were in like, JP's what? orbit and that is how. Right. Literally. I walked over and I'm like, what do you think you're doing? And he told me, I was like, put my name on it. So, no, good. honestly, honestly, I'm just, I'm, I'm actually just, I'm just, I'm just busting your chops, JP. You know this. We, we had things right, like right after you found this out. Um, I, I'm super excited that we're, do, that you guys are doing this and that our brand is going to be there. Like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I really do want to go to one of these things at some point. Um, you know, it's been a really long time since I've been to any kind of con. Um, I know we're talking that if this is a, if this works out for us, that we can probably do more of this. Yeah. So I'm totally down mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I just need I, some more leeway because of my job. And of the course. fans and the fans listening will get to look forward to the next episode, barring computer error, which um, happens sometimes with us. But we're so professional, we'll fix it. Um, the next episode will be uh, Father Chuck, Father Fun, and Keelan. So we'll have an entirely gr- well, different group of We've not guaranteed masters. Keelan. Keelan is currently gallivanting around the Great Apple. Yeah, he's the running, Big Apple. The Big Apple. He's representing, representing our brand there, right? Actually, you know what? Let me, let me point out something that, that I noticed that Keelan O'Carroll did. Um, mm-hmm. He could have represented our brand. Maybe, <laughs> maybe if we had, like, stickers or something. We should have done that. Um, because he took a photo on his Instagram where he stuck a magnet, like a bumper sticker magnet for the Orlando City Soccer League on a subway sign. <laughs> so he's representing the Orlando City soccer team, the Major League Soccer expansion team out of out – of, Yeah. But not – Orlando. You know? They never had you on their podcast, Keevan. That's true. <laughs> That's true. You've never been on the Orlando City podcast. I gave my thumb away so that you could be on here. Well, even so, I, I do wish it was all three of us going, uh, but, you know, there are, are are so many cons, and I would love it if all three of us got to go somewhere like uh, the uh, NY, the New York Comic Con, or San Diego, or, or uh, Dragon Con. Dragon Con would be sweet. WonderCon is also pretty cool. What would be great about Dragon Con, for, at least for me and maybe for our podcast, is I have a whole range of seminary friends who are like Dungeons & Dragons players. So like this could be like an invasion of the Episcopal priest nerds <laughs> if we went to – because they go to Dragon Con pretty frequently. There's a couple of them. That's what they do every year. They go. And that, so, like, that's great. We're just going to have a gaggle of Episcopal priests on our podcast at Dragon Con talking about Star Trek. It would be awesome. <laughs> but we awesome. also have, uh, you know, coming in 2017, uh, the next Star Wars celebration is going to be in Orlando. Yes. And uh, keep an eye out for that because I think we should try very hard to get that. We should. We should. That would be, that would be incredible. So that's, uh, I mean, I guess you could consider that some housekeeping news about the podcast in case you guys are wondering what we're up to. Uh, but yeah, expect full coverage across multiple platforms from your Facebook Lives, your Twitters, your Instagrams, your maybe even YouTubes. Uh, and we might even try to maybe if we get – I'm not going to make any promises about interviews, but I have submitted some requests for interviews with certain peoples. And if we are able to record them, we will try to post them. I There's a part of me that really hopes out of all of this that if you can get – George Takei to record like an intro for us <laughs> would be just beautiful. Or maybe Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. 
the the George Takei was one of that was one of the first things I told JP. I was like, oh my goodness, if we could get him to record an intro for Masters of Divinity or Shatner. <laughs> I don't. I don't, uh, I don't think Shatner will like us. Shatner. I, I mean, personally, Shatner, I, Shatner, 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 Shatner likes. He, I think he's he's Shatner. You know, it, hey, he's unpredictable. Man, if there's anyone that I want to hear, uh, welcome to Masters of Divinity. It's Stanley. Yeah, just imagine that, would, that voice. Welcome, true believers, to Masters of Divinity, Excelsior. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Of course, you know the the only uh, the, the really for me it's Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> That's if Dolph. you can even say it. I don't know. Dolph Lundgren or the guy who played Skeletor in the movie. <laughs> Frank Frigella. is he dead? I don't know. He's very much alive. Oh, sorry, Frank. <laughs> I know you're listening. Or Courtney Cox. Courtney, Courtney Cox of you. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. Or the guy who played the like like dwarf guy. You know, I, I listen to this podcast called um, How Did This Get Made? I've mentioned it a couple of times to you guys. It's really funny. It's hosted by Paul Shear, um, who's part of the uh, the Earwolf uh, Podcast Network. And he's yep. also a very funny comedian. He's a writer of many, uh, many Adult Swim TV shows. Uh, he has a podcast called How Did This Get Made? Where he and his friends, who are also comedians, uh, they talk about really terrible movies. And they just make fun of it. Sometimes they do it in front of a live audience, and those are the best. Uh, I listened to the episode when I was driving from Florida to Oklahoma. I was actually in the episode where they talked about Masters of the Universe. And uh, I think it should be required listening for our audience. Yes. <laughs> it is very funny. Hilarious. Seek it out, because that's what I've been listening to. That's awesome. After sharing our podcast. After sharing our podcast. <laughs> yes. share, share our podcast and seek out uh, How Did This Get Made, Masters of the Universe. Hilarious stuff. I, like for instance, uh, the guy that the guy that plays the troll. Yeah. Well, apparently, like um, none of that could none of the makeup he was wearing like could move, and so he was just like stuck in this wet sponge the entire time they were filming things. <laughs> and I guess they had to like like pour food into the mouth in order to feed him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also with uh, Skeletor's mask, same same thing. It just it didn't move. You That's tell. Well, and and uh, and the great story is. About it, and I, mean, I know I'm spoiling the whole podcast, but I know that it was intended to. They were trying to use the money to fund making a Spider-Man movie, right? Yeah, that was the hope. And then they ran out of money. Mattel had to like bail them out to finish it because they had like three fourths of the movie done or something. Right. But that's why like the the final fight between He-Man and Skeletor, they randomly teleport to like a black room. Yes, because they could not afford a set. They're supposed to be fighting in space, <laughs> right? <laughs> but they could not afford a set. <laughs> so, but it's just it's just blackness. Yes. Uh, Matt, were you going to say something? No. Oh, okay. No, just listening. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, Matt, uh, what have you been up to, bro? What's what's going on in in, in your world? Um. Hmm. In Matt's world, what's been going on? I um. Did your thumb grow back yet? We, my thumb is still growing back. I got my stitches taken out. Oh wow! Um, I had a I had a guy at church do it. Nice. Um, because he's a he's a nurse, and I was like, hey, you ever remove stitches? And he's they like, did. well, I, I was like, do you want to remove stitches? <laughs> um, so yeah, I saved the money of going back to the the doctor. Hold up, did, did you remove them at church? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Oh, like during the sermon. Yeah, well, yeah, but not in the sermon. But they did just like pull out a Leatherman and just like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I brought like a, a nail kit that had scissors in it and a pair of tweezers, and I 
dipped him in alcohol first and then was like, go for it, and had him take the stitches out, um, which is a bizarre feeling, the, the stitches coming out of my thumb. But yeah, I did that. And then other than that, um, I blame Birth Movies Death, um, a website that if you're listening, you should be familiar with because they're incredible. So you should go look. Uh, um, go-tos, yeah. But I, I blame them for having started the Scream TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, which I am currently seven. I've watched seven episodes of the first season. Yeah. Um, in 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 two days. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I blame them for that. But believe it or not, I'm I'm kind of into it. But if you've ever anybody out there listening, because I know these two haven't. If you've ever seen Pretty Little Liars, it's like basically the same thing. Um, but on MTV and called Scream. So yeah, it's funny. I've been very skeptical of that show since the beginning, and uh, one of the reasons why is because I did think in my head because I, I I am familiar with Pretty Little Liars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you did force me to watch a couple of episodes, <laughs> um, and I was very afraid that Scream would turn out to be like Pretty Little Liars, which is kind of why I avoided it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now you're telling me that I was right. It, it is. It is a lot like it, and they obviously because it's Scream and it's what they do. They reference that show in it, um, along with movies, because it, the first episode is all about how. Because um, I mean, I'm assuming everybody's seen Scream, but again, yeah. uh, we have listeners that probably haven't, which <laughs> makes me feel old. Um, yeah. But Scream, for those who haven't seen it was entirely a movie about a killer who was basing everything he did on horror movies. So there's a lot inside the movie of a character explaining the rules to a horror movie and how you survive it and what you do and what you don't do. So the TV show has a very similar character. And the first episode, he is talking about why you cannot turn a slasher movie into a TV show. And then the show starts to pick up from there, and the rules kind of change. And it ends with kind of him doing a great explanation of how um, this means that all the rules are thrown out. Because basically, without him flat out saying, because of the longer platform, now you can't trust anybody. Because they have the time to develop motives and characters that you did not, you did not see coming. Because now you have the time to go with them on the journey. Question. I have a question for you. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll probably end up watching it because mm-hmm. I might as well scream. Um, but I remember, like in, in, in Scream Two and in Scream Three, they were trying to decide if like they were in a sequel or in a trilogy. Mm-hmm. They had that aha moment. It was like, we're in a trilogy. Did they do that in the TV show? We're like, we're in a TV show. Like they don't. They don't flat out say it that way. They. Yeah. They talk about it still a little more in the abstract, where he's talking about general concepts. Yeah. So he doesn't so much say, like, this is now a TV show. It's just after certain things happen, somebody came up to him and said, so how does it end? And he's like, oh, you want to know how it ends? And then he launches into this dialogue about how all the rules have changed. So in that dialogue, he's discussing a TV show without flat out saying he's discussing a TV show, if that makes sense. you you gotta, you got to kind of see it, but it's good. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of into it. Yeah, I'm kind of precious about Scream, mm-hmm. as you guys know. Uh, Scream, yeah. when it came out, like, it kind of gave me my identity. Yeah, because you're totally Randy. I am Randy. Like, when, when I first saw Randy, I was like, I can be that guy? 
Because I loved movies, but it wasn't like I didn't really understand the concept of like movie nerd. Right. You know? Yeah, and Randy. Yeah, for the listeners. And again, for the young ones. <laughs> the, the millenniums. <laughs> um, Randy, uh, Randy is uh, the video store clerk who obviously has watched everything. And he's the one who, di- who distills the rules about horror cinema right. and how, how to survive, survive it and all of that kind of exactly. stuff. And um, played by Jamie Kennedy, probably the best role he ever had. Uh-huh. So, so Malibu's Most Wanted is an underrated gem. I will stand by that. Um, I, I, I watched Bowfinger today. He's really good in that, too. Oh, he's good in Bowfinger? Nice. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, that, that's kind of how I established my identity. I, I watched that movie, and I was kind of in between middle school and high school. And when I went into high school, I was I was Randy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fast forward today, I, I'm Randy with the podcast. So. Yeah. And, in the, and in the TV show, I can't remember names. You guys know how bad I am with names. It's <laughs> real life, much less TV shows. But the character that's the Randy of the TV show, the one that's explaining the rules, is a um, comic book video game store um, clerk. So oh, he works at like a he works at like a comic book shop, video game. Um, so he's always like playing with toys when they come in. Like he throws them down really quickly. Hey guys, um, stuff like that. But that's, so they kind of they kind of transferred the character to the show. Um, with a little bit of the update for the um, MTV millennial crowd. Yeah. It's kind of funny. They're kind of keeping up with the sort of the transformative film nerd, which the film mm-hmm. nerds aren't really film nerds anymore. We're also really into comic books and video games. And which TV. which I think I think Father Fun, in light of our video game episode, would love. There's an episode where a teacher is handing out assignments where they have to reenact a classic scene. So they put them in groups, and they're supposed to reenact a dramatic scene from either classic literature or movies like the teacher says basically i'll let you do anything as long as you explain why this scene is impactful and important and that character takes his partner to to where he works and says you you know tv you know movies we've talked about all that he said but you're missing some of the best drama scenes out there and he starts telling her about video games and tells her about the the cutscenes and the openings of um, games and how some of those have the best drama and written dialogue. So I think uh, Father Fun would have liked that moment in the show. That's interesting. They're incorporating other mediums to the screen. That's like mm-hmm. next, that's next level. That's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, as I listen to you guys talk about it, I'm like, I, I would love to check it out. But it's Scream? No, no, no. It's The problem is, and I, and I realize, Father Fun and I talked about this not too long ago, that there's no non-smug way to say this. Like, my wife and I cut the cable on, on you know, like we don't have cable. Oh. We just stream everything, and we only do it through, like, Netflix and Hulu and it's stuff. It's on Netflix. Season it's on one. Netflix? Season oh, there we go. Netflix. That's how okay. I watched all the uh, seven episodes. Okay, well, there we go. So I season, did not know that. Yeah, season one's on Netflix. Season two hasn't started yet. So I can't attest for how it ends. So if it gets horribly bad, I haven't gotten there yet. So um, don't judge me yet. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it's been good. I mean, it's a TV show. So it has moments that are just cheesy or pointless. And you're like, all right, get back to the point. But overall, I'm, I'm following it. I'm now, going with it. Now, my wife is very sensitive mm-hmm. to, like... I pretty much have to watch all my TV shows with my wife at this point because, you know, I'm home, she's home, and that's that's how it works. You know, after the kids are in bed, we watch TV and we watch it together. It's the only time I get to watch it. And she, But she's very sensitive to, like, very scary type stuff. And, like, JP, you might remember when you introduced Scream to Kana on Halloween one year, how she was pretty disturbed by the opening sequence of that movie with Drew Barrymore. Did I do that? 
Yeah, you you did. Oh. That oh, I have issues just to talk but about. Anyway, that. so like like is this a show that my wife could watch? Um, if she didn't like the movie Scream, probably not. Well, she liked is, the movie. She just was really disturbed by the opening sequence yeah, of that. Well, movie. it'll have sequences like that in it, but, but overall, obviously not as graphic. Right. Well, it's well, you'd be surprised. Really, it's, it's TV's in, come a long way. <laughs> yeah. The basically the only difference on TV now is um, language and nudity is pretty much the only difference. Um, the violence, they're pretty much the same. So, hmm. okay, um, Walking Dead for that. Yeah, Walking Dead kind of changed what they'll show okay. as far as that goes. So I would say it's exactly, in that sense, it's exactly on par with the original movie. If she liked that and it wasn't too much, then she'll like this. If she didn't like that, she won't like this. What? So there'll be sequences she won't like. The opening sequence of the show she probably won't like because she didn't like the opening sequence of the movie. Okay. Um, so they basically updated that sequence. Ah, so it's a okay. very similar idea, but instead of like a phone call, it's text messaging, hmm. um, and there's webcam stuff involved because nowadays we all have cameras everywhere. Um, so it's updated in that sense. Interesting. But, yeah, so it, it just depends. If she liked the show and she's like, yeah, it was good. Um, I wasn't a big fan of that scene, but overall, it was worth it because the movie's good. Then the show's the same way. Okay. That'd be my huh. answer. But that sequence in Scream, if I can take a side a the side movie trail, or the show? The movie. If I could take a side trail here, that Drew Barrymore one, is the one that um, I'm blanking out here, JP. Um, the guy who did Batman v Superman. Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. Um, he Sorry. had the audacity to say that killing Jimmy Olsen was because he wanted to do what Scream did That's in the dumb. opening sequence with Drew Barrymore. That's right. Remove that feeling of you're safe because this character is a major character. Um, and he originally wanted Jesse Eisenberg to play Jimmy Olsen because he wanted it to be a big actor and a big role. So when you saw him, you're like, oh, this is good. And then he dies. Um, so he had the audacity to claim that was his scream moment. And, uh, yeah, so we won't go there. Um, yeah. but Drew Barrymore's version of that story is incredible because she was supposed to play Sydney. Right. This is for the millennials out there. She was supposed to play Sydney. Um, she loved the script and she had a hand, kind of a uncredited producing hand in scream. So she had a lot more input than, than normal. And she says she literally one night called and was like, I have this great idea. And she said she wants to play that character. And they're like, what are you talking about? She dies in like the five, first five minutes. And she's like, no, that's going to make the movie. And she, it was Drew Barrymore's idea to play that character that dies five minutes into the movie. And that which in that movie is one of the greatest moments in movie history and the scene that went down as being one of the greatest moments. Well, it was, the, it was the scene that they used for advertising the movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it's also, if I'm not mistaken, isn't, that, isn't her appearance in that movie the thing that kind of resurrected her career? Uh, in a sense. Because yeah. she wasn't really doing much, and then she was in that, and then... It was more... Well, I guess she was in Batman. She was in Batman yeah, it was Returns. Kind of, and it was kind of a mix. She was... Um, it was a mix between resurrecting her career and choice that she wasn't at the time actively involved in movies. Right, right. So there was a mix between the two. It's not like her career tanked. It's kind of like she reached a point where she just kind of quit for a while. Well, and yeah. so they quit asking. Um, is what happened. I mean, if you well, quit to, doing to, movies, well, they quit asking you to do movies. Well, she got to a pretty dark place. Right. If you know Jerry, Jerry Barrymore's. Yeah. 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 So, so um, it just kind of brought her back to. 
to them. Like, she was ready to do movies, and they remembered, oh, yeah, and started calling her again is more nice. kind of how it worked. Nice. Um, so, yeah, kind of a, a, a mixed thing there. But the whole podcast doesn't need to be me talking about Scream, even though that is an <laughs> incredible movie, and the show's been pretty good so far. I'll let you know um, what I think when it ends. So this weekend, uh, go watch Scream on Netflix, then watch uh, Maybe Don't Bother with the Sequels, and then watch uh, the Scream TV show on mm-hmm. Netflix. That's mm-hmm. a Masters of Divinity seal of approval. Yeah, nice. <laughs> that first screen one, if you've never seen it and you're like those young high school kids out there listening, um, do yourself a favor and just watch it on like a Friday night with a ton of friends. ton of friends. So it makes it. A ton of friends, a lot of junk food, and turn off all the lights and just have fun with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, just take in the 90s-ness. Don't. Just take it in. Yeah. Don't, this is the only time I'm ever going to say this. Um, don't be afraid to talk through it. Just don't be the obnoxious person that won't stop talking. But have fun with it. Talk about it. Joke about it. First, laugh at the stupid. There are scenes that are so cheesy because they were supposed to be. So enjoy it because they're making fun of horror movies while totally embracing horror movies first, and reinventing horror movies all at the same time. First time I saw that movie was actually in the basement of my cousin's house with a whole bunch of his friends. Mm-hmm. And it, that was the best experience that I could have had with that, that movie. Is, that is the way to watch that movie. If you've never seen it before, do on it VHS. people. On VHS. <laughs> I, you don't have to go that far, but if you choose to, that probably won't disappoint either. You know, it's funny. I, I didn't see it in the theaters because uh, I remember it being advertised a lot, but they didn't. It didn't really look like a horror movie. They made it look like just like a thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided to give it a watch that summer, and I was alone. I was actually in Norman, Oklahoma, uh, here at the at the family farm out in the middle of nowhere, late at night with just me and my cousin. And uh, it's it's great because we weren't that scared. It's not. I don't think it's that scary. No. It's more of a suspense uh, movie than yeah, but it's 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 also kind of fun to like try to figure out who the killer is, and then when it yeah. happens, like it blew our minds. <laughs> uh, you know, and speaking of that, um, what was really great was um, the the identity of the killer was somewhat spoiled for me before I saw the movie. Uh, but here's what was great was like it was only so, like only so, like sort of spoiled for me when I watched it. My cousin At had figured out that it had been spoiled. Mm-hmm. And he helped, like, throw me off during the whole movie so that when it did come around, I was still surprised. Even though I knew who it was, I was still surprised. Nice. Um, no, that's – I think that was – and that's what I enjoyed about all those movies. The first one and the second one I enjoyed trying to figure out who. Yeah. You know, third one, uh, not, not a fan. Yeah. That was me neither. Not a good Jane movie. Jane saw a Bob show in that movie. You know how it – Yeah. <laughs> well, just uh, <laughs> uh, so Chuck, uh, you've been doing some 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 comic book reading. I understand. I you know a very little bit. It's it's interesting. So been about three years now that I have bought a comic book. I, I gave up on comic books, um, largely because I had a problem. Um, <laughs> and when I say that, my wife, if she hears this, she'll laugh because she'll know. I mean, I was I was dropping lots of money on comic books. You know, I was it was it was bad. It was bad news. Um, I was uh, I was seriously probably picking up, like, probably close to like fifty comic books every couple weeks. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah. So I um, wow, we should have had an intervention. Yeah, <laughs> my my lack of funds had an intervention with me. So, um, anyways, I just, but I walked away. I walked away with comics. I I, I jumped on with comics um, back into comics while I was in seminary. I was I got I got really intrigued by what they were doing with Green Lantern. Um, in DC Comics, I'm a DC guy. I like DC Comics. 
Uh, I was really intrigued with Green, Green, with Green Lantern, the War of Light concept they had with all the different colors of of lanterns, you know, red, orange, blue, all that. And, um, and they were setting up for this thing called Blackest Night, which was um, involved black lanterns resurrecting the dead, and all this, which is my to this still stands my favorite comic book um, series. But I think it's you know because it was the first for me, but. Um, Anyway, so I jumped on with that, was reading comics for years, and then DC did something called The New 52, which I was kind of on board with for a little while, um, but after a while, I just got kind of, I don't know, I just got kind of tired of it. It got samey. just wasn't really, just wasn't really yeah. fun for me. It was, you know, and then DC was doing this stuff where they were just like, they were, they were putting out weeklies. Every week was a new book, and it was just like, uh, it was just too much to keep up with, and so I just walked away. I was just done with it. I was fine with keeping up with stuff kind of from afar, but um, just wasn't really – it wasn't – I didn't buy another comic book. I was just done with comic books um, until this past week. Until this past week, I had been seeing really rave reviews about DC Rebirth, um, which is their new – which is this new line-wide thing of sort of rebooting their universe again, which is something – when I first heard about it, I said, not, I, this is why I don't read comics because <laughs> I just got so tired of this. Another crisis. Uh, another crisis. Yeah, just another you know line wide re- reboot of the of their universe. Um, you know, I saw the announcements because like what was really radical about New Fifty Two is they they, they restarted um, publishing um, action comics and detective comics. Um, when they'd stopped, they were at um, issue number like nine hundred and fifty six. I think were the last issues for both of them. So like they have been running consistently for nine hundred issues, um, and then they. They just they stopped and it was number one action comics number one uh, detective, detective comics number one uh, anyway but then I saw the news come out and that they were going to restart the old nine hundred number number counting for rebirth and I was like oh come on like just stick with it guys just make the you know it was a bold move just stick with it learn to live with it whatever um, but then I then I heard this really good stuff about about DC Rebirth I heard that it was a major change of, of things so I was like you know what I'm gonna go buy it it's a three dollar comic book it's eighty it's eighty page three dollar floppy comic book so I went to Tate's comic shop here Tate's comic and games in Boynton Beach if anybody from there is listening there's a shout, shout out, out. Um, I went there I picked up the comic book I have a st- funny story I'll tell in a moment about going there um, it shows how long it's been for me in a comic book store so I go in. And I pick it up, and like that's the only thing I buy. I walked out with a three dollar comic book, and I have to say, the single, the single greatest uh, uh, comic book that I have read in probably ten years or more. Really? Yeah. And that was the. the it's just how DC Rebirth, right? Yeah, DC Rebirth. It's a one shot. Re and it's just it sets up what they're doing with their with with their universe. I'm, I'm back in, guys. Like. I'm already like wow. looking at the checklist, and you know I'm gonna keep it. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna prepare the intervention. No, I'm gonna keep it simple. <laughs> I, I looked at the titles, and I'm I'm pretty much sticking with like five, and that's it. Um, Still a lot. <laughs> five titles is not that much. Uh, yeah. Like okay. okay, okay, okay. That's like one comic book. A, that's like one comic book a week for a month, man. <laughs> okay, that's not bad. That's not bad, right? Anyway, whatever. <laughs> a year from now, when you guys are like. Well, Father Charles isn't on here anymore because he's reading comics. <laughs> he's reading comics. <laughs> we can't get him away from the comics. Um, but no, it, it's it's an amazing thing. And like, there's a I, like I could talk about this book all day, yeah. and I'm and I'm I'm so tempted to like say more because it's but the, there's there, there's these there's like there's this huge huge spoiler thing that I want to say about this book. It's a, it is it is seismic. Yeah, you know, I, I don't really are. I don't really read comics anymore because it's it's very expensive to read comics. And yeah. uh, Devin Farachi did a write-up 
on on the, the comic book you, you essentially bought, and I read it. And when I read the spoiler, like with the 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 enormous thing that happens in this book, I, I like I I was holding things and I dropped them. Yeah, it's huge. It <laughs> and is I even told huge. Matt about it. And even Matt, who doesn't read comics at all, was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, and like, and the thing is, is what's what's great about it. I mean, it, I mean, I realized that D, if you've never read a DC comic, I don't know what your what your feelings are going to be on it because it plays off of some idea of you knowing some background. Yeah, I mean, the, the emotional beats are there, and I think they translate. Um, for a new reader as well, but like if you know the if you know the mythology, you know the history, um, it's really incredible. It's a really incredible storytelling, and um, and it, and it what, what's great about it is is that it allows Devin in his review on it. You mentioned JP. He says that what it does is it lets everything be true. Right. It doesn't do away with what they did with the New Fifty Two. It just it just brings it along with them, and so. Because there was some really cool stuff they did with the New 52 that I really like. I mean, they introduced a couple of new Green Lanterns that I really like. Um, a Muslim, a French, uh, or not French Muslim, but a Muslim American Green Lantern named Simon, Simon Boz, who's really cool. Um, they introduced, they, they did a radical thing where they made um, Wally West, who is a Flash character, into an African American, um, which, is, uh, which is really cool. Um, and they just, they did a couple of things that in, within, within their universe that I thought was really within new 52, that was really good. And so they didn't do away with any of that, that all stands. So if you've been reading for the past few years, it's still there, but so is the stuff if you've been reading for 20, 30 years now. Um, and it's the idea of rebirth, which I think is so cool. And what's great is, is it really, so Jeff Johns is the guy who wrote it. Um, he's been responsible for bringing the, the comic book characters to the CW, um, on TV, which have been phenomenal, so much better than the movies. Um, and but now he's been tasked with overseeing the movies yeah, he's for part DC. Of DC films now. Yeah, and like the big thing for him is like pointing out the ideas of hope, of legacy, and love, and other things that can be in the in the comics. And it sounds like it sounds like a mission statement for the entire company. And it really makes me think that this is the ramifications of what they're doing here are across the board. Yeah. Um, it's well, really amazing when you... At least the movies. Yeah. I mean, those things that you just mentioned with um, hope, love, and what was the other one? Legacy. Hope, legacy, and love would be the things I would essentially say are lacking from the DC movies right now. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, there's just no hope, no love, no legacy. And it's, yeah. it's, it's funny that they've been, they've been chasing the, the grim darkness that was created by, you know, Alan Moore and Frank Miller for like 30 years. It's right, never, never worked out for them, and now and, and this is this is. Should, can I spoil this book? Can I spoil this book? Is that a bad thing if I spoil? I'll tell you what, I'm gonna do a little post production thing where I'm gonna go bloop 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 bloop. Hey fans, it's JP. Look, if you do not want to be spoiled for DC Rebirth, just fast forward to forty three fifteen. Okay, here's a spoiler. Go ahead, spoil it, Chuck. Okay, spoiler. So the spoiler is, and you both know it, right? Yeah. Okay, so the spoiler in this book is that. Um, is, so it's gonna, I'm going to get really comic booky for a second. So about five years ago, they did this event called Flashpoint, where Flash had run back in time to try to save his mom, and screwed up, and he wound up screwing up the entire universe. So then he goes and he fixes that. He stops himself from trying to save his mom, um, and then it sort of soft resets the universe. But things are different. Everyone's younger. Um, so basically, the idea is that when you pick up uh, with New Fifty Two, you pick up Justice League number one. 
it's five years ago. The com- like they had all all of the superheroes have started just five years before. That was the idea. So they're five years into being superheroes. Um, so they're all young guys. Batman's young. Superman's just beginning. Like all of that. And so, um, so, so there's this big change that happened. Of course, it was a lot more violent, a lot more dark, a lot of other things going on with it. Well, in Rebirth, there's a character. So one of the things that happened with that was a character by the name of Wally West. Not the Wally West I mentioned before, but Wally West, who was a white guy with red hair, who was the Flash for 20 years, um, who had been forgotten, basically. They just, they just wrote him out of New 52, like entirely. Um, his idea is he's forgotten. And so he's, he, you have a voiceover from him in DC Rebirth talking about how he's been forgotten and how being forgotten is worse than death. And anyway, throughout the story, he winds up being pulled into reality and he mentions to Barry Allen, who's the Flash, um, he mentions to him that he wasn't the one who screwed up the universe, that there was some force outside of them that did it, that removed, that just, just kind of took out like a Jenga piece is what he says. He takes out a Jenga piece of 10 years of their lives and just redid the universe and everybody's forgotten all of this stuff. Well, it turns out that that outside force is Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen which is amazing. Insane. Totally it's insanity. Insane. I, and the thing is, I went into this comic book, like, I avoided spoilers. Once I started reading a few things, and I was like, no, no I want to go in. I'm going to buy this. I want to go into it clean. <laughs> and when I saw, and all, and the thing is, you never see him. Yeah. You don't see him in the book. Um, you see, as an epilogue of the book, you see Earth, and it pulls out, pulls out, goes to Mars, and then there's a wristwatch in the sands of Mars, and it levitates, and it's disassembled, and there's a cog that's missing a piece, and the piece is fixed. And then there's some word bubble voice, or some word bubbles, and one of which is blue and white, and it says, "Nothing ever changes, or nothing ever ends." Adrian, and it's recounting the conversation that he and Vite have right before he goes off to Mars to start to create his own universe. So, hinting that the life that Manhattan has created, the universe that he has created, is the DC universe. Yeah, but what happens is while this is going on, Batman, like right before the epilogue happens, Batman is in the Batcave and he sees something shining in the dark and he goes over to the cave and he pulls it out and it's the smiley face button that the comedian <laughs> wears. Really? Uh, yeah. And, um, and then it goes right into the epilogue about um, Dr. Manhattan um, being the one who has – messed with the universe somehow. I don't think he's a villain. I think that, and even Jeff Johns has said their plan, their, 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 their intention is not to make him a villain because they said he's so far removed from everything that he's impassionate. Um, he's just experimenting. And so this is the result of that. Yeah. But they're bringing the Watchmen characters. It sounds like at least Dr. Manhattan, but I guess all of them into the status quo DC universe, which is awesome because I really want to see Batman and, um, and night owl interacting with each other. I want to see, I want to see how Batman responds to the, to, to Rorschach. I guess, well, I guess we can't, we won't respond to Rorschach because he did. He did. Hey, you skipped the spoilers for DC Rebirth. Good for you. Here's the rest of the show. Boop, 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 boop. Spoilers over. Yeah, I think spoilers are over. But anyway, so I, I, I'm a mate. I'm, I'm, I'm in love with it. Um, I think it's, a, I think it's a really great comic book. I'm very excited about what they're doing, and it, and it has, it, it carries theological weight for me. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I mentioned to you guys, I mentioned to you the other night that I was thinking about writing a piece for our website about it, yeah. because the idea of memory it plays a huge role. 
in it and the importance of remembering and how remembering someone can make, can change the universe. And that makes you think of this concept in theology known as anamnesis, which we talk about in, in my church within Eucharistic theology. You know, we believe that the body and the, the bread and wine is the blood, the body and blood of Jesus. And we have this idea of living memory that we do this stuff. That's not just remember, you know, remembering something that happened 2000 years ago, but that, through our active memory of, of the Eucharist, it's happening new, right, right there in our midst. Um, and so, like, it makes me think a lot about that. So I'll probably write that article at some nice. point. But um, anyway, yeah, so DC Rebirth, uh, it's awesome. Go get it. Well, uh, no, no death threats over that one, right? No one's uh, threatened Jeff John's life for that one? There, I, now that I've seen, I mean, there's some people who are really upset because they hold the characters um, as sacred, that he would do anything with them. But, you know, hey, it's comics, man. So not like Nick Spencer, Spencer who wrote uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers, number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a... Well, we, we don't even have to go spoiler on it because that's all over the internet now. Like, I found out everything everybody else is going to. But, you know, yeah. Captain America turning out to be a Hydra agent. Yeah. And, like, people... I just love the short-sightedness of it mm-hmm. that like people are irate over one issue. Like yeah. story hasn't even played out. Like that's like, I, that's like, that's like getting angry at like, you pick up like Lord of the Rings, you finish the first chapter and you're like, it's a, you had read the Hobbit and then you pick up the Lord of the Rings and you finish the first chapter and you're like, well, this isn't about Bilbo. This is a disgrace. And like throw the book down and like walk but, away. Dude, spoilers for The Hobbit. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Uh, it is kind of crazy. Uh, I haven't read it. I want to, though, because I think it's a cool idea. Uh, but what it did make me think of, though, and I've been having this conversation with people, my, uh, my cousins especially, because they read it, um, is the the rhetoric now is is Captain America is now a Nazi, right? You know, Hydra were basically Nazis, at least in the, in the movies, um, or at least affiliated with the Nazis back in World War II in, in comic book canon. And we talked about in the very first episode of our podcast how you saw yeah. a, a Hydra sticker on the back of someone's car, right? And it's like we were both kind of like we go, couldn't believe that someone would have a Hydra sticker, but now I, I <laughs> what's funny is I've kind of found myself defending. Hydra, saying they're not really Nazis. No, no I mean, really except for that one time. That one time. <laughs> that one time, World War II, where they they kind of dabbled in Nazism. But other than that, but you know, <laughs> can, but what, wasn't there a whole? Wasn't there just like a whole comic book story a couple of years ago, where the main the main like conflict of it was um, Magneto fighting the Red Skull. And sort of like really bringing up the idea like that these were Nazis, and so here's Magneto who had suffered under the Nazis as a Jew, confronting the Red Skull who had possessed Professor Xavier. Oh, By the way, right. I just love I just love that I said that sentence. No, he didn't. He didn't comic possess, books, guys. Comic he books. He didn't possess uh, Professor Xavier. This I don't think it is. My, my, this is what my cousin tells me. Uh, Red Skull actually took Professor Xavier's. Uh, powers and gave it to himself, and I guess he did. He put, he put the whammy on Captain America somehow. I don't know. Don't really know. I think that's Axis. Is that the name of the series? Yeah, it's Axis. 
And I bet this will be how Captain America has become a Hydra agent because Red Skull is telepathic to change history or something. I don't know. <laughs> Comic books are incredible. <laughs> they are. I love them. And 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 Nick Spencer, the guy that I guess the guy that wrote it, he's been getting massive death threats. Right. People coming after him. Which is hilarious. It's finish the story, guys. <laughs> like give like do we not do benefit of the doubt anymore in fiction? No, no man. Faith, bad, bad faith. faith. No. All right. Okay, so DC Rebirth. Uh check it out. It's apparently really great. A lot of people are loving it. It's getting a lot of great buzz. It's excellent. I mean, it really, it really is excellent. Great. This is actually so, what happened last time. Weird. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, there, so there's screaming happening in your home right now. Is whenever, it a domestic disturbance? Whenever DC I don't know. There's probably, probably something my, my cousins are watching on YouTube. I don't know. Okay. So whenever whenever DC comes up, there's yeah, immediately screaming, screaming and fighting going. Zack Snyder. My cousin's been doing this thing where he's been showing me all these weird Adult Swim videos, like the ones I show up at four o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's amazing. They're really weird, bro. Like you know that the too many cooks. Like yeah. that's that's funny, right? Uh, they showed me one the other day where like if I woke up to it, I would I would be scared and I wouldn't be able to go back to bed. <laughs> and it was actually like serious. It wasn't funny. <laughs> it was actually it was it was about pretty much about like. It was like a parody of like those uh, allergy uh, medication commercials where like they they tell you all the horrible side oh my effects. Gosh, while I they're caught doing. part of that the other night. Believe it or not, flipping through channels caught a little end of that whole you saw list it? things wrong. A very short bit of it, and yeah, I didn't like it. It's <laughs> creepy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, Chuck, I, it's 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 the it's it's commercial. It's called eight eight unedited foot eight minutes of unedited footage of a bear. And so it's like these people watching a bear, and then it cuts to like a like a like a YouTube ad. You know how they just kind of fade in. Yeah, and it's like a a, a commercial for like a medication for allergies, and they and it's it's the whole thing where it's like they just describe all the horrible symptoms while like the family is enjoying themselves. <laughs> it like it keeps going. Yeah, it's it's just like I... the woman like driving home, and like. She, she she has like all the the medication like in her car and don't spoil it don't spoil it this sounds I can't spoil it because I can't explain it like it's 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 creepy. listen it's scary I <laughs> listen I think this is where like there's a point of divergence from the three of us I like I am really into obscure super offbeat yeah, datist humor there's this point of convergence or, or dotist whatever where or not convergence whatever you said um, where like. JP and I are still good people, and you start turning into like the Joker. <laughs> I'm a priest. <laughs> I stand by myself. Oh come on, that's, that's just good writing. So yeah, no, I've I've, I've been a. I remember I remember the first time I ever saw the show Super Jail. Uh, is I just that one like of those shows. Huh? Is that one of their shows? Yes. You see, this is. He has no idea. You have no, I idea. Have no idea. Yeah. See, Nobody guys, has any idea. Like now JP and I have spent a lot of this is one thing Matt I know does not know about, but this is something that JP and I we've spent a, you and I we we should do an episode about this. Yeah. Toy Fair. Yes. You know, you and I like I think like you and I have a very similar sense no, of humor I, in a lot of ways. I knew Toy Fair. Did I just you read didn't Toy read Fair? It like you, no, uh, I knew Toy Fair, see, but I didn't read it. Yeah. No, so you I don't. So know. you don't. You don't know Toy Fair. <laughs> you you know Toy Fair, but you don't. 
No. Right. Toy Fair. <laughs> See, there are three things. JP and I were talking about it's actually the last night that um, before we went back to Oklahoma. Um, there, are, there are like three things that define he and I, and that is Toy Fair Magazine, Mystery Science Theater 3000, Space Ghost, Ghost to Ghost. <laughs> wait, for, wait, for the record, since you've done a lot of like boo-hoo moments, you mean that last night before you went home, the one where I didn't get to hang out? And you guys hung out till like two in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> that night, the one that you night were, the one you were invited to, and you just didn't that, show up that to. Night, that night, don't make Matt, me feel guilty. When Matt Don't you put around. that on me, Ricky Bob? <laughs> Mom and Dad are fighting. And this is which, when Masters of Divinity broke up. Which one? Which one's mom? Chuck, <laughs> okay. I'm the mom. Yeah. I can see that. I'm the nurturer. Yeah. You, you do nurture me, and you know. Are you judging because he's in a pink shirt? You're a horrible human being. You're a <laughs> member. We've already talked about you. This shirt is amaranth. I will have you know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, Chuck, uh, it's called Unedited Footage of a Bear. Okay. Um, Except we're going to bleep out that title because nobody else should look it up. <laughs> it's It'll mess with you. And then I, there's like a, like a 30-minute long... YouTube video, which is longer than the actual video, by the way, uh, describing, like, explaining the whole thing. Yeah. No, and I it makes it, even, like, even scarier. Like I said, I only caught the end of it flipping through channels, so it literally was, like, 1.30 in the morning, and I'm just flipping through, and that came on, and I was like, what is going on? And I had to keep going. Like, I got, I can't watch. What is this? And caught, like, the end of it. It's just not okay. It's just weird because it's not a commercial. Like, it's like a YouTube ad on TV. It's so, like you see the skip ad thing, and then like it oh, slowly disappears. That's and that the counter, you know, that that counts that counts down to when you can skip. Yeah, and it's counting you know, up. You know, we do disclaimers. <laughs> we do disclaimers for the young people who have never heard of things. So for the older people out there listening, um, mom, uh, yeah, mom, dad, Adult Swim sounds. So much worse than what it's 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 on Cartnoot. I don't know network at night. I don't think it sounds worse. I think it sounds different it's than so, what no, they're imagining. Sounds, yeah, it sounds like a. a it's just as bad, yeah, just differently like, bad. It yeah. sounds like a like you're watching the the stuff that they didn't want you to have the paid channels for late at night. You know, um, so it, it just. I have no idea what you're talking about. I stream sounds, cable. I, I don't. I just stream my TV. <laughs> it sounds like you're talking about porn. I'll just spell it out for you. <laughs> Adult Swim is not porn. It's on Cartoon it Network. And it is also a lot of times, in my opinion, unlike Father Chuck, it's not funny. It's disturbing. <laughs> it, is, it is humor meant for stoners. I will say that. It well, is largely meant for stoners. And I've hung out with a lot of stoners. I get stoners. And I think that's why I appreciate it. I, think, I am not a stoner for the record. I think that this <laughs> particular, this is not for people on drugs. No, this, this is a Ricky Morty, Rick and Morty moment where you should not be doing drugs while watching this. this oh, and it's, it's not humorous. This is like this is like a horror movie. Like, I could show this at a horror film festival and it would win a lot of awards. Okay, I'm gonna but, check it out. But uh, I, I'm interested in knowing what you think about it, Chuck. I think okay. you should watch it like right away. Maybe I'll make watch, Matt watch it with me right after <laughs> we hang up. I'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So I have, a, I have a fun side note for you before we wind up wrapping up. Um, wind up wrapping up? I, 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 d- I discovered, um, look, I'm, I'm, I can mix as many metaphors as I want. It's okay. my podcast, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I discovered a fun little thing about myself that I found to be incredibly amazing. 
um, and I made JP listen, and he's like, wow, that's eerie. But if you go to episode 12, is the only one I can account for because it's the one I actually did it with, and you put it at two times speed, I turn into Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're Lex Luthor. Yeah, I just don't talk fast enough. But if I talked at two times my speed, it's Jesse Eisenberg. And I played it for JP, and he's like, oh, my goodness. And I, <laughs> and I, and I would imagine I sound like Theodore from Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> a little bit, sometimes. Depends on what you're saying. Yeah, it does. Yeah, we did start talking about a Master's Divinity movie who would play us. And I said Jesse Eisenberg should definitely play Matt. Uh, I think me was Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Uh, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> who should play Chuck? Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Or Ryan Reynolds. I've been, I've been told there's a resemblance. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I'm his, like, way less attractive young, younger brother or something. <laughs> That's that's a that's a winning cast, my friend. Jesse Eisenberg, Seth Rogen, and and and, and uh, Ryan Reynolds. The yeah, it is, it is. Cool. So that's it. next week. <laughs> well, <laughs> George Takei. Yeah, to George Takei. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that is all the time we have this week, folks. Uh, again, keep your eyes and ears open to all of our social media platforms. Uh, follow us on Twitter, mod underscore podcast. Follow us on Instagram, which is the same thing, right? Mod underscore podcast, and our Facebook and the mastersdivinity.com As Matt and I journey into the heart of geekdom, it's awesome at the Fan Expo Dallas. We're gonna Hunter S. Thompson this 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 uh, this, this biscuit. Uh, <laughs> this is gonna be like. Fear and loathing at Fan Expo Dallas. It's going to be wonderful. Um, so, yeah, uh, follow us for that. Uh, we may have some goodies for you. And also, uh, Father. I wish we, our goal is a Facebook Live video with Chewbacca Woman. Oh, okay, woman. that's right. Chewbacca Woman's going to be that's what's, that's what's spurring, spurring this whole thing mm-hmm. on. Chewbacca. By the way, have you, have you seen the video that Father Fun posted of Chewbacca putting yes, on her putting mask? Her face. Yeah. <laughs> It's great. I actually had an idea for a video like that before I saw the video, but it was a bit darker and involved, <laughs> it involved Hannibal Lecter. And um, so yeah, so nope, was, nope, nope. <laughs> I already knew where you were going with it before you said it. Just edit that out. <laughs> oh, come on, come on. It's okay, funny. fine. It's funny. People like it. Uh, so, Father Chuck, where can people find you? Well, if you, if you want to listen to me sermonize, if you want to hear me preach, you can go over to chapelsta.org, click the sermons tab. Um, if you want to see what random stuff I repost on Twitter, you can find me at Father or at Fr Charles B on Twitter. Um, of course, I'm on the Facebook. I'm on the Instagram at Father Chaz with three Z's. I don't do much there, but um, but Twitter and the website those are the places where you most likely will find me. Matt, where can people find you? Well, I'm still at that phase. Maybe by the next time we do one of these, um, I'll, I'll be plugging my own stuff again. But I'm still at that phase where look for our uh, Masters of Divinity stuff, because if I'm doing anything, it's on there. Um, plus, if you look at those close enough, you'll find us all through those anyway. So you can find my Twitter and Instagram and all that through the Masters of Divinity ones. But they're not very active right now because I'm using our podcast platforms when I do anything. All right. 
And uh, if you want a nice, depressing evening, you can follow me on John Spencer Post at Twitter, <laughs> where I just yell about nerdy things. Uh, or graduations. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I might have live-tweeted my cousin's graduation ceremony. You did? I missed this. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, it, it, it wasn't that long. Uh, but, yeah, I did. I'm not, I'm not proud of it, but I did it. I'm owning up to it. Uh, so, yeah, find me on Twitter at John Spencer Post. You can also find me on Instagram, John Spencer Post. I'm going to try to use that more, especially with uh, the Expo coming up. And I've got a snazzy new website, uh, com slash servo. I know that's a really mouthful address. I'm working on it. And uh, that's where all the latest movie reviews can be found from myself. And uh, that's about it. Uh, but so, but before we go, guys, I was listening to that uh, podcast, had the How Did This Get Made podcast, and they were talking about Masters of, of the Universe. We've been neglecting a Masters of the Universe tradition that this podcast sh- should have adopted. Which what is, is that? Which is, at the end of every adventure... The masters of the universe, they do not say goodbye. They say good journey. (laughs) So, having said that, good journey, my friends. Good journey. (laughs) Matt, you're supposed to say good journey. Good journey. Thank you. Gosh. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Bye. (laughs) 